from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, February 24th, 2012, and this is the Relevant Podcast. We are almost done with this horrific month. I'm very thankful. Uh, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Hambone. Hello. That took me off guard. (laughs) To his immediate right, uh, Maya Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And our illustrious producer on the ones and twos, now a year older, a year wiser, Chad Michael Snaver. Hello, friends. Thank you very much. It's going it's to be a great year. I just know it. I just got a gut feeling. Actually, that. I have nothing to back that up. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably going to suck. If February is any indication. Except a Gingrich 2012 sticker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a great podcast in store for you today. Uh, Sarah McIntosh performs for us in our studio. Sarah McIntosh sounds familiar, you say. Yes, she was the lead singer of one of my favorite bands from 10 years ago, Chasing Furies. Uh, mm-hmm. she's, she's a new solo project that just came out, or is coming out soon, uh, next week. And she uh, came down to our studios recently. Did they catch the fury and therefore they disbanded? <laughs> yeah. Because they only had one album, didn't they? <laughs> right. Yeah. They were chasing the fury. They caught the fury. Um, they raged against the machine and then they're fighting Foo. So, um, Descended. It's, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's been a long journey. <laughs> so Dave Grohl is with us today. Uh, started out in Chasing Furies. Um, we also have the Oscars.biz.com awards coming up for you. Our highly anticipated show uh, awarding all the things that the Oscars overlooked. However, I have an update. It is not as we were talking about last week, going to have to be the Oscars.biz.com awards. Mm-hmm. We are keeping Oscars.biz. Oh, we are. Wow. We really? Are. The sale didn't go through? Um, so it was miscommunicated to me. Apparently, somebody was offering to sell us Oscars.com <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, for $100. Oh. And, uh, and I was like, it was, uh, it was not communicated that, that way. so much more mm. sense. Right, right. They're like, hey, look at this weirdo buying the .biz when they can have the .com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. So much more sense. So uh, once again, the podcast proves to be unprofitable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the profitability of the Oscars.biz just dropped into the negative. <laughs> wow. Just went from phenomenal success to... It's bleeding. I did. I did get a couple of tweets from people offering to sponsor it, like oh, nice. like literally financially sponsor it. Uh, for I think the top offer Home I got Depot? was twenty dollars. Oh, take okay, <laughs> it. Who was the twenty dollar offer? He wrote. He wrote a Conver- Converse Footwear blog. He's a fan oh. of Converse Footwear, and he thought that it would be a good fit to to pay to sponsor the Oscars. Biz. Did you take him up, or, or no. are we? No, we are, are. we not selling out? No, this year? We, no, we will not lower uh, the value of the brand. Can we just that. pretend? I'm holding $20? up for Home Depot. Can we just Home pretend Depot? that we have a have a sponsor and then send them an invoice? Yeah. <laughs> Oscars. Biz brought to you by Home Diet Depot. Coke, you owe us fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> and they'll be like, "Oh, that's if okay. we do it right and send it to the right agency, we may just get it paid. Yeah. We may right. just go to their accounts payable." I'll think about that. Hey, that's a business model right there. Just <laughs> <laughs> send invoices. Yeah. To stuff. I think that's Dude, called just fraud. Just set up some kind of shadow. Company. No, it's not fraud what? if we actually did the sponsorship. 
They just didn't ask us to. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's unsolicited sponsorship. What's unethical? Yeah, they're about a massive them. agency. They don't keep track right. of all I don't the think details. I don't think if, it's unethical if we don't charge them for it. If it's small enough, like at fifteen thousand right. dollars a pop invoice, that's like, oh, I'm sure. And they would check, and then I'm we sure would an intern did that. We'd have like the tear sheet, you know, screenshot of the sponsorship. Right. They'd be like, oh, great, okay, fine. Great, the five they, of they, us they drinking fulfilled, Diet Coke. They fulfilled the agreement. <laughs> it's just <laughs> a picture. Of, it's a picture of our like small huh. little studio, and we just have like a six pack of Diet Coke. The table. <laughs> and, then, and then we send them a fraudulent contract, which we forged. <laughs> I mean, it looks here like somebody signed it. But but we actually send it to Home Depot, and then it right. just it makes no sense on any level. Yeah, hope someone signed this. It may be it may be the lumber guy from Home Depot. Yeah, I was talking. Hey, someone's to, on the line for this fifteen grand, and I'm pretty talking, sure he doesn't have it. I was talking to Craig in the lumber aisle, and he said, <laughs> he "Sure, it was a great idea." Yeah, he said, "Sure." Um, he thought it was a petition. But, uh, <laughs> either way, the contract signed, and we're out 15 grand. So. <laughs> this invoice ain't paying itself. So anyway, that's coming up later. Uh, but at first, your <laughs> entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, February 28th. Uh, Andrew Bell with the Daylight EP. Cutlass with Believer. The Cranberries with uh, Roses. Oh, they're still making music. Isn't that nice? Cranberries. That's silly. That's uh, just silly. Same state with the alignment, Green River Ordinance with Under Fire, and our pick of the week, School of Seven Bells with Ghost Story. Here it is. We talk about them last week. We talk about them every week. No, okay. no, different band. <laughs> they were different um, band. That's school. That's uh, Sleigh Bells. Um, oh, you're right. You with the ghost? <laughs> I, I genuinely thought we were talking about Sleigh Bells. I was about to say they were on SNL this weekend. Yeah. Oops. No, no School of Sun Bells very different. Why do they have to release so soon? They're so <laughs> similar names. They do it on purpose. Maybe one of them is doing it. On, it's sort of like the squatter name of band names. You know, it's like. So if I had like you know I buy cnnn.com or oscars.biz yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it's it's the idea that maybe someone will accidentally buy this album because it comes out at the relatively same time but they can't remember the band name I think that's a pretty good model too so you're so you are saying that School of Seven Bells is the oscars.biz of the music industry. <laughs> I haven't really listened to them extensively, but I will say yes, that they are a fraudulent <laughs> band and we should not support them. <laughs> That's good. That's good since they were in the drop like a year ago. And and uh, they are our pick of the week. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, movies is coming out on Friday, March 2nd. Uh, Project X starring Thomas Mann and others. It's the producer of The Hangover and, oh. and old school and stuff of the... High school house party that goes crazy. No. I like that Project X could be the title of any movie. Like a J.J. Abrams <laughs> like, movie. That's it I says think. nothing. Well, what, what happens is, at the very end, a massive monster comes. <laughs> and those clips of the house on fire and all the destruction was mm-hmm. the monster actually yeah. caused all that. And the Cloverfield Project. Like yeah. It sounds like it was a working title. Cloverfield would be right. a better movie Seriously. for this name. And Project X yeah. would be a better na- name for Cloverfield. Yeah, Because it could have been like the street name of the house. you know? Right. Yeah. Party on Cloverfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JJ and this guy got it wrong. <laughs> uh, Bell Ami uh, with Robert Pattison, Christina Ricci, and Uma Thurman. Uh, and The Lorax, the uh, 
animated movie that looks oh yeah that looks cute really cute and Dr. Seuss yep mm-hmm. yeah there you go Dr. Seuss's liberal environmental agenda <laughs> <laughs> I think Dr. Seuss was high a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> like like uh, Walt Disney was high on opium all the time mm-hmm. 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 what Characters. the golden era of <laughs> children celebrate them yes <laughs> so the key to writing good children's movies <laughs> is drugs um okay so that'll do it for your entertainment releases Stay tuned up next, slices. You're listening to Fun. The song is Some Nights. Some Nights I have fun. Most of the nights I'm sitting on my couch watching television. Which is fun. Meh. <laughs> what do you want to be out doing? Partying. Do you? Project X. <laughs> yeah. I want to be out doing Project X. I, I want to be at a house party is what I want to do. But <laughs> sitting here watching TV again. <laughs> All right. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Gautier. Gautier. With easy way out. <laughs> okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, I'm pretty excited about this slice. Um, you know, I, I, I talked about a while ago, there's not a lot of political activity that I really can engage with. You know, it's a lot of nuanced, complex issues that I'm just not comfortable taking a stand with. I mean, there's the whole moon base thing that I still feel pretty strongly about. Right. But other than that, you know, I've been pretty inactive politically this year. Um, but thankfully, the members of the American Mustache Institute um, are changing that. And they, because they are actually lobbying Capitol Hill uh, this year. Um, and they were in town uh, on President's Day to make an announcement that they are seeking a tax break of $250 for individuals in this country that proudly wear a mustache. Um, they say that, you know, they personally spend uh, somewhere probably in the neighborhood of 1000 to $1,500 annually on grooming products alone. <laughs> and they also contribute to saving water by not having to shave the upper lip area every morning. <laughs> what? Um, so they have uh, <laughs> launched the what they're hoping is the Stash Act, the Stimulus to Allow Critical Hair, Hair Expense Act. <laughs> um, now, they haven't found a congressional sponsor yet, but they are seeking out uh, two individuals, uh, Representative Roscoe Barlett and Senator John Hoven, uh, not for their political affiliation, but because those are the only two members of <laughs> Congress that have had facial hair. Uh, they, they also claim to have played a significant role in both of their elections. I wonder why nobody has facial hair in Congress. Is it because you're hiding something? Have like, you noticed that there aren't a lot of presidents with facial hair? Oh, that's not true. Roosevelt... Taft. Well, th- yeah, but think about the modern era. Oh, yeah, the, the last era, yeah. yeah. It's because they're hiding It's been decades. Because yeah. you got to look good. They don't want you to look scruffy. The they last want the president uh, to look really put together. But mustaches are distinguished. Who's more distinguished yeah, than the they president? Could, they could than the mustache. president of America. <laughs> <laughs> the, the American Mustache Institute has also uh, teamed with H&R Block, 
um, to make donations. I don't know how they got wrangled into this, um, but they're going to actually make donations to the uh, Millions from One project uh, that provides clean drinking water to those in need. I guess because the American Mustache Institute claims they're saving water by their lack of upper lip shaving. <laughs> um, and also, uh, they're planning, clear your calendar, because they're planning the Million Mustache March uh, on <laughs> Capitol Hill in April. So, I hope so, everyone can be so there. So they, took- have to, they have to spend thousands of dollars to go to D.C. to march it, to save, hopefully, $250 in a tax credit. I think it's, you know, I think it's more about <laughs> democracy at work. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a small, pro- they, 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 you know, I think they feel that the mustache-wearing constituents of this country are a poorly represented minority. They need to start Occupy Mustache. occupy the upper lip which just involves camping in people's front yards who have mustaches i think i think (laughs) occupy mustache was occupy wall street if you looked at the pictures of the people no but that was occupy crust stash it's a it's a slight distinction that's true (laughs) well and and the the person that's heading this all up is our good friend former podcast guest aaron parlot so uh congratulations he's really the you know, mustache he's making the headlines guy? these days the head of the american mustache association is that who that yeah, is institute institute he has institute. been on the podcast he was interviewed yeah, yeah i know that's what i'm saying during november in like 2007 he's very serious about his mustache he yeah he he <laughs> is only partly joking <laughs> oh I, I don't think he's joking at all anymore do you think h&r block got wrangled into it the same way diet coke got wrangled into <laughs> oscar stop biz yeah they're, they're simply invoicing h&r <laughs> block to make do, to make charitable donations yeah. on his behalf i was thinking if h&r block will sponsor them they probably will sponsor us yeah Oh, that's true. This, this tax season, use H and R Block. I'm just gonna start recording 15 second bumps <laughs> in between every song, just like if you like H and R Block. If you liked that so song, go, you'll <laughs> love the tax <laughs> services. We're gonna go H&R the shotgun block. approach with these invoices. <laughs> it's like fishing; you just cast out a lot and see which ones bite. So, so, and then we can add a segment to the podcast of tax tips. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was watching the, the local news this morning, and just on the on the topic of tax services, you were watching the is, Today Show. Come on. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, there's no question. I was watching the Today Show, but it's one of those local news break-ins. Okay, you know? okay, okay. So, uh, I guess in our area, there's an organization called Mo Money Tax Service. <laughs> That's Mo Money Tax Service, um, who has an office locally that they found and that that has not been actually paying the tax returns. So that people are what? going to get the tax what? returns. They're taking the fees and not actually getting them. Uh, so they're being sued, and they found in a dumpster behind one of the local Mo Money tax returns uh, people's personal financial records, oh, like unshredded, man. like in boxes. That's you know? crazy. Like very private financial documents. <laughs> and they were like, you know, so local news is trying to really, you know, you know, help the viewers out and do their investigative journalism. But I'm thinking it's called Mo Money Tax Service. <laughs> How much private financial data do you want to give an organization that's called Mo Money? Please tell me that at some Mo point money, the problems. report your reporter was just like Mo Money, Mo Problems. Back to you, Jim. <laughs> Ten on your side, Virginia Beach, Mo Money, Mo Problems. <laughs> <laughs> they take Shocking story. Yeah. Thank you for that report. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Now, we'll, now we'll back have, to the Today we'll Show with that. Al Roker. <laughs> and, and then Al Roker's first thing is, Mo what? <laughs> because Al Roker is watching the local Virginia break. No, he just says Mo what? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
because so. he's sponsored by Mo Money Tax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, but, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, be uh, libelous here. Uh, but I'm going to say, don't use Mo Money Tax Service. <laughs> that actually, <laughs> That's a risk of libel. Actually, I think that is no libel is about a person. We can talk about yeah. a company all we want. I, yeah. Either way, well, don't I'll use, say this: don't use, use Mo Money Tax Service with caution. Let me correct myself. <laughs> yeah, you can't say don't. they seem to be under a, a very suspect investigation right now. Yeah, you, you can't say don't use Greg at Mo Money. At Mo Money. Because Greg is a bad guy. You don't want to say that. Hopefully, there's well, not a Greg. I, I will say, use caution when choosing. I I, ha, I I will say this also. I have heard no local news reports about documents in the dumpster at H and R blocks. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you have, Maya? Um, this was sent to me by a podcast listener. Um, Who? Trey Bledsoe. Okay. I think it's Trey. Drew Brett Bledsoe's younger brother. Mm-hmm. Is it um, Tra from POD? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's T R A A Bledsoe? <laughs> Tra. No, I think it's Trey. I was looking it up. I can't find it on my phone now. So we're just assuming Mr. that Mr. Bledsoe? he's related to Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, I'm just making right. that up. Yeah. Because every time I see his name, I think <laughs> he works at HR Block. Yeah. Anyway, he sent me a slice from um, that comes from Montana. There is a piggyback bandit, bandit that is on the loose attacking um, students in um, about five states in the Northwest. Piggyback bandit. Piggyback bandit. He's a 28-year-old man who enjoys piggybacks. <laughs> um, he asks for piggybacks. He attempts to pay for piggybacks. He just, spr- he just springs on unsuspecting uh, kids. He favors to go to the basketball games, and he tries to get close to the bench. He... Uh, a lot of times uh, he d- goes to the visiting team and they think that he's with the home team. Like he's like the ball guy that, that helps with like towels mm-hmm. and whatnot. They say he's given, um, he's given back massages. He, he um, tries to help out and do assistant coaching and um, <laughs> the then, opposing team. Yeah. And then when they celebrate, he celebrate, he asks them if he can have a piggyback. And <laughs> a lot of times they say yes. And so, um, so he's not going around just, Primarily, unsuspectedly, just jumping on people. He's actually, He's actually trying to get in, right. build up trust, getting your good graces. Yeah, here's a picture of him, and He's you condone it, like in in a basketball <laughs> uniform, a high school basketball, high school basketball uniform, uniform, fully dressed. He's 28. He's um, his name is Jesse Carey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my. That's it's more of just a warning for uh, people. He's struck in Montana and Minnesota. What's that North striking? Dakota. He's hanging out and having a good evening <laughs> with you. Wait, is he care- on the lamb? He he will be jumping on your back, people. He's being helpful and he has permission. <laughs> Well, have you ever been tempted to like? Maybe this is just me. Like, go to a high school football game of, of, of a of a team, and I think I referenced this in, in a guide to fall uh, in, in an issue. But go to an opposing high school team and just get really invested into the game emotionally. Yeah. Even though you you know nothing about either of these schools or the students on the on the on the field, but as soon as the team presuming you are cheering for the winning team wins, you rush the field and attempt to hoist one of the players onto your own shoulders. <laughs> and just scream like, Wildcats! Or scream, Wildcats. Or, just yelling Wildcats. or just start screaming uh, clear eyes, full hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and hope that someone answers with can't lose. So you're sa- you're, you're like, clear eyes, full hearts! Yeah. Like really, really impassioned. Yeah. 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 Or, or you just walk down like at a really critical point in the game. And you just, I mean, how long would it take before you got 
physically removed, but you walk down to the bench area and you're tapping every player on the helmet. You're going, <laughs> full eyes, clear heart. And you're waiting for them to yell, can't lose. And you don't move until you're physically removed or they yell, can't lose. Yeah. Or you start yelling for the coach to put Riggins in. <laughs> What do you have, Ryan? A uh, group of scientists meeting in Canada this week uh, were uh, treated to a special session uh, in which they were told that dolphins should be treated as non-human persons with their rights to life and liberty respected. Uh, experts in, this is from the BBC, experts in philosophy, conservation, and animal ha- behavior want support for a declaration of rights for sands. Which I think is the scientific name for dolphins. I think you mean sea descendants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they believe dolphins and whales are sufficiently intelligent. He's to- talking about Atlantis, the lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> and if you've been there, you know they're pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> if you know anything about Atlantis, you know the dolphins there are basically smart. He's than talking people, about so. mer people. <laughs> uh, Should we ever contact a mer person? <laughs> know that he has rights too. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Canada, like the Canadian Congress just had a really slow day. They're like, yeah, the Americans are talking about mustaches. I think we can finally clear up this murky mer people area that everyone's wondering. They're being about. proactive. I like their pluckiness. Yeah. This is like this is literally at uh, the world's biggest science conference, the annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. Wow. And they said they uh, these this group believes that dolphins and whales are sufficiently intelligent to justify the same ethical consideration as humans. Um, and part of it is because this is actually pretty amazing. Uh, part of it is because uh, dolphins can recognize themselves in a mirror, um, mm. and they're the only animal who can do that. And then also, no, he just thinks he's seeing another dolphin because <laughs> they all look alike. Uh, and then dolphins. Th- this says dolphins taking part in an experiment. No, hold on, how would they re- how would they check this? How would they determine because they, they that, pull you know? what do they hold up a picture of a dolphin like is this you? <laughs> And like, they're like, yeah, we all look the same. Of course, that's no, me. And they're like, hey, they recognize themselves. I have no idea. No, no. What they do is they like put a little food on their lip, like they left something on there <laughs> where they're eating. And if the dolphin goes to wipe it off, you know. Yeah. Oh, I get it. It's them. It's them. Uh, but there's there was another experiment that said uh, dolphins taking part in an experiment had to press one of two levers to distinguish between sounds, some of which were very similar. By pressing a third level, they were able to tell they were able to tell the researchers they wanted to pass on a particular test because it was too hard. Which huh. is crazy to me. So, They're smart. So, yeah. so the dumb dolphins. I mean, honestly, the though, these scientists aren't telling us anything we didn't know from Sequest DSV. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Or Flipper. Yeah. But Flipper, you couldn't. I mean, they didn't have that little psychic, like, circlet that the dolphin would wear. Yeah. That we know of. <laughs> that we know of. Remember the game Echo? That was oh, yeah. pretty convincing. That's how, that's how they. Uh, <laughs> For Sega Genesis. Thought Flipper is <laughs> yeah. the. Yeah, head thing. He wore it off thing. screen. Oh, okay. so he learned his lines. So he learned his lines. <laughs> no, you need to add a third e. No, they you- had a they had an underwater teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have toothpaste on your cheek, flipper. Uh, yeah. Line. Hey, you call hair and makeup. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad the scientists. You know, we, we we're facing so many dire problems yeah. with global warming <laughs> and you know pollution. Hey, yeah. You know, and, cancer. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so it's I, I, we got a moon base to build. I mean, like I'm glad they, I'm glad they're carving out some time for this dolphin question. You know what that's the actual resolution is. calls for is basically just like don't be mean to dolphins, which is like you don't really need a declaration to tell people that. Yeah. I mean, like who's out well, there maybe, messing with like, dolphins? Who hates dolphins? Maybe scientists. Maybe that's why they're calling themselves into account. I mean, they, true. You know, it's like okay, all you scientists that go out there and just screw with the dolphins on the weekends. 
you know, back no. off. Unless you're going to do Sequest DSV. Right. Then it's okay. So what are yeah, they, what if you're are out they... there doing mirror experiments with dolphins, we yeah. should probably cut that out. Yeah. We know what we need to know. <laughs> it's unethical at this point. Yeah, that's true. Why do we need to keep experimenting with dolphins? Uh, we know what we need to know. But yeah. they're very smart. Some, some things are better left unknown. You know, maybe we don't want to know everything that dolphins know. <laughs> maybe we can uh, You know, it might be a little disconcerting. The secrets of the deep. The truth. Yeah, we couldn't handle the secrets of the deep. The mer people. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you really want to know the secrets of the sea? <laughs> I ask myself that question every day. And every day I come to the same answer. No way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> They're far too dark. The secrets there are far too dark. <laughs> There's a reason why no light gets down there. It's true. They're hiding yeah. something. It's yeah. like it's yeah. like a large mustache for the ocean. I don't know if anyone will get this, but I was going to say it's also a possible new Frank Peretti kids novel, which could be a potential sequel to The Door in the Dragon's Throat, which I read when I was a child. Did you read that? Yeah. So he would call it This Present Ocean Darkness? Well, it could be like Door in the Ocean's Throat, because the whole premise of Door in the Dragon's Throat was that there was this mysterious cave that was actually a gateway to hell, which incidentally scared the crap out of me when I was eight. <laughs> Don't go in the water. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. where demons That's come where from. where demons live. And there's a dolphin going, <laughs> and it's With clear he's trying to warn you about hell. slash <laughs> dolphins live there. And he had toothpaste on his cheek, and he didn't know it. He didn't know it. Yeah. So, so they're obviously not- they're not that smart. <laughs> All that to say is, let's just stop figuring stuff out about dolphins because <laughs> it's just going to go downhill from here. Because we're going to find out that they're truly demons and mer people are devils, and it's it's just too much. Yeah, it's a bit, like I said, it, it, let's let's live and let live at this point. You know, dolphins, you quit being so curious about us, and we'll leave you alone. Too. <gasps> there you go. All right, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Sarah McIntosh. listening to Leagues, the song is Safety. It's uh, their first single from an upcoming album. Sarah McIntosh is a Texas-born and raised singer-songwriter. Uh, in the late 90s, she fronted the critically acclaimed rock band Chasing Furies, of which I was a big fan, and many others. Mm-hmm. And when the band ended, she actually uh, toured with Michael W. Smith as a guitar player and background vocalist. I, I always wondered what happened to her and Chasing Furies and stuff. So. And people that leave the bands that they've started, they go and they tour with Michael W. Smith's background. There you go. People. Sarah's debut uh, solo album is called Current and uh, will be releasing on March 6th. Uh, make sure to check that out. She performed five songs for us recently in our studio and the videos will be up on Relevant TV uh, and the podcast episode page uh, starting on Monday. Performing Galaxy Former, here is Sarah McIntosh. Small and delicate 
That was Sarah McIntosh. Make sure to check out the video of this performance and others starting Monday on Relevant.TV. They try to tell us and at times they try to listen We can't hear a thing when all we think about are all the things we think we might be missing Cause if we think we are, we are And if we don't, we are worth the time it takes to think of making love 
Listening to Punch Brothers. The song is Who's Feeling Young Now? Not me. <laughs> it's time for your Oscars.biz awards. Uh, every year, the Oscars get all the attention, they hog the limelight, and they are this Sunday. Uh, so we thought we need to shine a little bit of light on the unheralded stars of screen and stage. And that's what we do each year with Oscars.biz. You, uh, you go over to the actual website, Oscars.biz, and it is spelled O-S-K-A-R-Z.biz, and vote, not com, by the way. We don't own dot no, com. No, we don't own dot com. We could, but then it would plunge us more into a dead hole. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this thing's bleeding bad as it is. Yeah. We're, you know, we're the Oscars.biz are barely keeping ahead above water. We got some tax services from Mo Money, and <laughs> as soon as these checks come through, but we'll now be back we've, in business. We've but switched right to now, HR Block, though, so things are looking up. So next yeah. year, we can maybe do it at Oscars.com because it'll be brought to you by HR Block. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, yeah. this year, we're self financed. So it's dot biz. Um, so Oscars.biz, and and you'll you'll be able to vote on all of these categories and nominations there. And then next week we'll, we will uh, reveal all the winners. So uh, now it's time for the Oscars.biz nomination special. Okay, so. Uh, you know, we're looking to honor the shows that people actually watch. Okay. I know a lot of people like to, you know, watch Mad Men or they, they really enjoyed The Wire or, you know, occasionally they watch Modern Family, these shows that get the critical recognition. But I'm talking on the night to night basis. What are you guys watching? What, what, you know? what are you watching on a marathon tip? Mm. Like, what do you watch marathons of? It, 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 isn't, it isn't Modern Family. Yeah. yeah, it's like you just watch six straight episodes of Hoarders, or something. You know, <laughs> oh so those are the type of what, shows. What do you lose your Saturdays to? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly. Like. exactly. Saturdays and very late nights. What are those? What What are you watching then? You know, uh, so these are the unsung heroes of the entertainment industry. This year, uh, I, I just want to uh, first preface. Um, that we've seen a big trend, and that we're going to be honoring a lot of people in the genre of. Uh, People living in swamp regions. <laughs> Huge this year. Well, it's Huge. about time it's, they get their, their moment in the sun because they've yeah. been in the shade so long. Yeah, they, they are, they're in the murky shade. Um, it, the swamp genre was sort of like 3D, really making a, a comeback this year. Um, not to say it was ever in vogue. But either way, uh, I will commence with the nominees for the 2012 Oscars.biz Awards. Uh, for the Crocodile Hunter Award, this is an honor Steve Irwin, um, for Best Swamp Animal Hunting Slash Medieval Reality Weapon Competition. There are six nominees. The nominees are Swamp People. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason this is Steve Irwin Award, because many of these shows, they hunt crocodiles. Okay. Uh, swamp People, Hogs Gone Wild, Swamp Wars, American Hoggers, Gator Boys, or Full Metal Jousting. <laughs> Which so. was on last night. I've never yeah, heard of it's some of those. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, have you guys watched it? No, I I, I turned it over to a basketball game. When well, it came on. you made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it was very over-the-top graphics and stuff. It was like a serious, hardcore competition of jousting. Wait, so do Yeah, the- I know. I said it was awesome. <laughs> uh, for the category of best auction pawn, 
or used junk show with a suggestive name. <laughs> That's the category. Hmm. Uh, we have Pawn Stars. Oh, see, I, what they, I see what they did there. Yeah. Yeah. Hardcore Pawn. Oh. I see what they did there. It's not okay. nearly as good as Pawn Stars. Yeah. You Don't Know Dixie. Wow. <laughs> Which actually, I don't think has anything to do with Pawn or Youth Junk, but it is a suggestive name. <laughs> <laughs> and car fellas, which isn't that suggestive, but has a violent concept, uh, connotation. It's about car dealers, so I'm throwing car fellas in there. Oh, as well. like like good fellas? Yeah, exactly. Let's like see. they're some sort of mafia. So, oh, I got gotcha. you. Um, best mythical beast hunting slash dinosaur fighting show. <laughs> so, wow, this got this got really competitive this year. <laughs> Really, because uh, there's a couple traditional mainstays that are on these nominees: Monster Quest and UFO Hunters. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, uh, you know we've 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 had in years past, but this year the kind of the Cinderella of this category is Finding Bigfoot. Mm. Oh. A lot of people are excited about Finding Bigfoot, and also Jurassic Fight Club. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What does that even mean? It's a show. <laughs> it's a show where they talk about dinosaurs. And then using like random scientific data, imagine with computer graphics who would win in dinosaur fights. So these bones battle these bones in CG. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. And so it's, it's pretty sweet. It's basically the conversations all of a sudden when we were like seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so a lot of these shows, like Swamp People, Monster Quest, and the are, are like the the dreams of a seven year old. Right. <laughs> Uh, which is what the Oscars thought this is which, all about. So it's kind of like Arrested Development, where a 14-year-old maybe becomes a studio executive. Mm-hmm. So probably <laughs> A&E and, these other, and True TV are run by seven-year-old boys. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right, next category. All right, the next category, this is what I alluded to a couple weeks ago. I know a lot of people are very excited to hear the nominees. For Best in Show 2012, the barehanded fishing long-form category. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, another big trend in 2012 was shows about barehanded fishing. Um, it was everywhere. Uh, again, it, it was something that, it was sort of like, I think the artist will we'll see a, a resurgence in maybe black and white uh, musical films. Uh, I think 2012 saw the resurgence of barehanded fishing uh, full-length shows. So the nominees are Mud cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most of the premise of these shows are exactly the same. People are noodling. Um, they're sticking their bare fist into swamp holes to hope a catfish bite them. Uh, hillbilly hand fishing. So, so the first two are, in the, are, are you know, kind of the noodle, the noodle shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Snake Man of Appalachia. Mm. Wow. Call of the Wild with Ernie Brown Jr., the Turtle Man. I gave him, I gave this show, uh, it's kind of a loophole because he's actually fishing for turtles with his bare hands, snappers. (gasps) And then Snake Man. Does he have all his fingers? No, I don't think he does, actually. (laughs) That's no joke. Why would you give your life to that? That's a terrible idea. He's the wild man. He wanted a TV show. He has a TV deal. He's yeah. got an awesome TV show, and he's nominated for an Oscar Top Biz. So. I'll be honest; like I've heard of, I've heard of less than fifty percent of these shows. They're all on the obscure Outdoor Channel yeah. ones. Yeah, and then there's Snake Man of Appalachia, <laughs> which is on CBS Sundays at ten. Yeah. Uh, well, shockingly, Ryan, it's it's hard to find barehanded fishing shows. Uh, that all debuted in 2012 that everyone's familiar with. So, yeah, there's a couple indie darlings on here. Uh, you know, th- this show still has some cred, you know? Oh, my goodness. 
Um, okay, this is the Situation Award for Best New Nickname in a Primetime Show. Mm. Mm. All right, Best New Nickname in a Primetime Show. There are five nominees. Uh, there is... <laughs> uh, on Jersey Shore, there's a new uh, guest character, the Situation's <laughs> friend, who goes by the unit. <laughs> no! Yes. No! Yeah. I don't know if we can nominate him. No! <laughs> That's not true. Uh, there is uh, on the on the uh, spinoff of Storage Wars, Storage Wars Texas. The auctioneer prefers to go by the nickname the Colonel. Wow. <laughs> but he's just uh, he's a huge popcorn fan, so it's, yeah. it's just done land. Yeah, and fried chicken as well. There's also Bobo, the truck driver from Swamp Loggers. Hmm. Uh, there's Matt Shake That Moneymaker from Finding Bigfoot. And finally, hashtag Hambone or Too Hype for Life from the Relevant Podcast. <laughs> so, wow. good luck there, Ryan. Uh, hashtag Hambone's going to win a landslide. That's some stiff competition, I, though. I get any, any tweet I get, you know, at Cameron Strang referring to something on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. The Gunger, the Gunger performances were phenomenal. You were right. Hashtag Hambone. <laughs> every, every tweet that somebody sends me referring to the podcast, they end it with hashtag Hambone, even if they're not talking about you. Oh, that's very nice. Good. That's when you know you've created a movement. <laughs> do, you, do you sign all of your tweets with hashtag Hambone? No. You should. No. That's how you kickstart it. <laughs> you know? you I have started a Kickstarter for Hambone. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The well, movie. People just send you money. Hambone the movie. <laughs> Hambone the movie. What's the, what's the plot? <laughs> uh, I go out to a nice dinner. Oh. <laughs> and it's filmed. <laughs> so that's the plot. It's basically so you're trying to raise $80? Yeah. Okay. Which is 80 bucks. Okay. It's, well, ba- it's basically me with a uh, Mark II. 5D, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, following Ryan and Kate around. We're actually going to go Ravenous for Pig. yeah. We're going to go for one ten, so Kate and I can both go to Ravenous Pig. Yeah, we I like get, we like drinks before dinner, and I get dessert. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, <laughs> you really have a Kickstarter for that? No. Oh. <laughs> he does now. Yeah. All right, to, to the Oscars. Biz, uh, back from the intermission. Um, sponsored by Ryan's Kickstart campaign to get a good meal. I don't really have one um, by the way. <laughs> you do now. Um, th- the best use of a sleeveless shirt in the shirtless vest or overalls division. Mm. The nominees are Billy the Exterminator, Only in America with Larry the Cable Guy, American Restoration, Swamp People, or Homes on Homes, which you all oh, know. I feel Homes on Homes for sure. He's iconic. So, it's part of his logo now. His, his, I know, his, his overalls. Yeah. I think it's going to be between him and Larry the Cable Guy. I really do. You know, I'll, I'll say, the- I know last year on Oscars.biz Awards, uh, the uh, Billy the Exterminator took home several categories. Yeah. Yeah, he was and, huge. And I never saw the show until this week. And I'm sitting there. I couldn't look away because the man is called in to fight swarms of millions of bees like in a beehive <laughs> and he chooses to wear a sleeveless shirt <laughs> and he's like getting stung like crazy and it's like if you wore protective gear he said this is literally because it was him and his brother and they had to climb up a tree to like get to this beehive that was inside the tree and he's like I think that we're going to be fine in this apparel we don't have to wear you know protective gear because I think we're below their flight path <laughs> 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 that's what he said I'm like <laughs> 
bees can come down. They see you messing with them. I, I can see a yeah. They like go. Half. They they drop onto top of flowers yeah. about an inch off the and, ground. And then like a minute later, of course they <laughs> angered them, and they they're swarming him, and he's running away. You know, swatting and stuff, and his shirtless, his sleeveless shirt. <laughs> yeah. So I I now know why he swept the Oscars.biz awards last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's a very engaging personality. It, it's bizarre, and his like mom calls him and gives him the assignments, and he's like she she's like. There's this poisonous, you know, snake. It's attacking children. Have fun, son. <laughs> and it's like, thanks, mom. Billy, don't let Ricky get bit again. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's his brother. It's who true. On these missions. It's so bizarre. It's like, you're. why would the mother send her only children into harm's way, like, and then make money from it? It's so bizarre, this family. Oh, yeah. but I is now it, understand why he swept the awards last year. And I mean, he is one of the strangest looking people I've ever seen on television. Well, he, lo- he looks like uh, like a uh, you know insane, like a really skinny dog. The bounty hunter, yeah. walked into a hot topic for <laughs> you. <years ago. laughs> and, and came out with with a, a lifetime supply of wardrobe. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of spikes. You know, like yeah, I don't a get that cool leather cowboy hat. Yeah. Awesome sunglasses. You can actually. He his company is called Vexcon, and if you go if you go to the A and E website, you can actually buy some of those fingerless Vexcon gloves. <laughs> which, if if you are combating dangerous animals, uh, you know that have tiny teeth uh, or stingers, fingerless gloves are the worst idea. Ever. Yeah. What are you protecting? Your palm? I mean, yeah. it's like I think you want to protect. Oh my goodness! Oh man! Uh, so anyway, that's your chance to uh, vote for Billy this year. Right. Um, the best vehicular transportation award in in one of these shows. Uh, we have that crazy tank thing from Storm Chasers. Yeah. Are, are you guys familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Of course. Along with the American Pickers RV. Mm. Mm, yeah. Ooh, yeah. You know, you can get around the country in that thing. Yeah. Load it up with lots of junk. <laughs> Haul it home. You basically described so. every episode of American Pickers. Yeah, it, it, it's no... I mean, it might not be able to survive a, uh, a tornado, a right, Cat right, 5. Right, right. But, uh, but you can get a lot of old bikes and Pepsi machines in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's nominated. Um, also, those little cars with the orange sirens from Parking Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. You know those are those those are big this year. Also, anything that Barry Weiss from Storage Wars pulls up in is also nominated. <laughs> Have you seen that guy's collection of sweet old hot rods and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know, it's he, very impressive. You know what he did to get his money? You know what his career was? Produce. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was produce. No, no, he was an antique picker. He was the guy from uh, American Pickers. He that was his job. Oh, well, that's why he said it's produce. <laughs> I thought he. I I read somewhere in an interview or something that he <laughs> was like a up. produce dealer. I'm gonna look this but up. But honestly, that guy that guy probably tells everyone a different story. It's true. Yeah, it's true. What's his name? Barry Weiss. Barry Weiss. Uh, but he's got a fine collection of cars. Either way, no matter how he obtained them, he always does really, really bad yeah, on the show. And it's like you know, they're like Barry Weiss made seventy eight dollars. No, Barry Weiss made seventy eight dollars if he goes to a flea market and sits there all day and tries to sell all the junk he just got. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have a and store he, like the other ones do, where they actually are gonna he, sell it. And he clearly doesn't care either. Yeah. He puts on those little skull gloves <laughs> and just starts tearing through the shed. And will find like one kind of cool thing that's basically worthless and be stoked about it. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, he owned a produce company. You're right. Wow. Yeah, he's an, a lifelong antique collector. Okay. But he owned a produce company, and he's the best finance of the group, and is the only one not in it for financial profit. <laughs> uh, okay, so in the, in the best vehicular transportation, the tank thing from Storage Wars, Barry Weiss's car. Uh, the American Pickers RV, the little or- the little cars for the orange irons from Parking Wars, and finally the crappy ten boats on Swamp People, <laughs> mainly because it's a, it's a sympathy thing. They right. are just really crappy, right? Yeah. True, uh, and very unsafe, especially if you're uh, holding a rifle in one hand and a live alligator in the other. <laughs> <laughs> and then it tips over in the yeah. show. <laughs> Um, okay, this this award is called the for- First Horseman of the Apocalypse Award for Excellence in Moral and Social Depravity, also called the Don't Worry, It's on the Learning Channel, so I'm pretty sure it's Educational Award. <laughs> These ones that uh, you should feel terrible if you watch, but they're on the Learning Channel, so it might be okay. Uh, there are five shows in this category, which is basically the entire TLC lineup. Uh, Toddlers and Tierras. Oh. Sister Wives, oh. My 600-Pound Life, <laughs> I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant, Season 2, and My Strange Addiction. Oh, so man. you feel really terrible, and it might be the end of civilized America, but it is learning. It is technically learning. Uh, all right, and finally, this is the granddaddy of them all, the Lifetime Achievement Award. All right. All right. So, uh, so this will conclude, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are excited to hear the nominees who, this year. Who took this home? Was it Dog last year? Who took this one home? I, th- I, th- I think it was Dog the Bounty Hunter with yeah. Mike Rowe in a close second. Oh, yeah. I think that's right. Uh, all right. So, the Lifetime Achievement Award this year for his pioneering role in the genre of shows that feature a family with a ton of kids and his dedication to making Ed Hardy t shirts even more ridiculous, Mr. John Goslin. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, the jelly-headed dummy that lets us realistically imagine what a Civil War error cannon, laser accident, an action movie explosion would do to a real human body. <laughs> Buster from Mythbusters. Yeah. I hope he gets some recognition for all those years of work. Uh, for 15 years of sweet slow-mo sh- shots of sharks jumping out of the water and eating seals on Shark Week. Sharks. <laughs> Sharks are nominated for a lifetime achievement. Award. They should get that. Uh, for his groundbreaking work in network programming that features people eating live worms, drinking animal blood, and devouring rat hair, Mr. Joe Rogan. Hmm. Uh, Although I think he also owns a significant collection of Ed Hardy t shirts as well. <laughs> and finally, the water sea skiing squirrel. it's it's a water skiing squirrel and I think he deserves some recognition Uh, he's not on a show per se but we're all familiar with him somehow so So can can this award be given posthumously because I think he died about 20 years ago Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think it would be a great honor to do that, actually. Right. But I'm not, I don't want to influence. I don't want to influence. But if he's dead, in fact, then a, a lifetime achievement award would be... I think Teddy. they live like two years, three years. And it, that, that thing was a 1980s VHS. So I think it's pretty <laughs> safe to assume he's, he's dead. Um, well, I, like I said, I don't want to influence the voting. Uh, but he, it, it would be a, a tremendous gesture if he won. But I, I don't know. I think Sharks might win this year. Plus, I think Bachelor host Chris Harrison or Chris Harris will accept the award on the squirrel's behalf. 
Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, the water scene squirrel couldn't be with us tonight because it turns out he died 17 years ago. <laughs> Accepting the award on his behalf. <laughs> Chris Harrison from The Bachelor in the most dramatic acceptance ward ever. He skis out. <laughs> he skis out with a rose in his mouth. <laughs> and, then, and then we set up a little grave, like a oh. little altar, shrine, and he lays the rose and like he in says, The Bachelor and he on says, the shrine for the, for the skier. And he says, you'll always have the final rose. <laughs> to the squirrel. Yeah, to the squirrel. <laughs> the, gr- the gravestone says everything was beautiful and nothing hurt. <laughs> He was a very well-read squirrel. <laughs> this is like this is like I think last year on the show when you know how the Oscars do like the posthumous montage of those we lost yeah. that have contributed to the art form the past year. I think it was just a long montage of uh, Caesar Milan's favorite dog from his past. This year, that that whole montage will be the, and the montage is just that like fifteen second shot of him <laughs> in a pool going in a circle. The montage is that clip in slow mo for like three minutes, <laughs> while while Celine Dion performs live in in, in, a, in a single spotlight coming down on the stage. But that clip is just played in the background. <laughs> it's going to be quite the ceremony. We're all excited about next week. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this is a real awards that you all have to vote on. There is no cash award that comes with this prize, just so <laughs> uh, But this is a real award show that you have to vote on. Uh, go over to oscars.biz, and uh, you'll find all these categories and options there. And uh, next week... Spell it for me again. O-S-K-A-R-Z dot biz. Not to be confused with the Academy Awards. Um, <laughs> uh, Oscars.biz. Um yeah, so go vote, and next week we will have the award ceremony. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, Zara McIntosh. You're listening to Nurses. The song is Fever Dreams from the album Dracula. Put that together. When Sarah McIntosh came to uh, perform in our studio, uh, I, I'll say it was a first on many levels. Well, first of all, it was the first time somebody did five songs. Right. And But even more than that, it was the first time we had a harp in the studio. A harp's not a cheap instrument. Did you know that? I asked her, like, the, the girl that played the harp. Like 40 grand or something? Yeah, she said, she goes, I have two harps. Um, my road one is about 10 to 15 grand. And I was like, oh. And, that, and that's the expendable one. Yeah. The one that could get beat that's up. the one that like you play on stage and you light on fire or something crazy <laughs> yeah. like that. You kick it over. Right, right. But the other ones are like 30 to 40 grand. Wow. Wow. Crazy. It's it's Sarah on guitar. There's there's a harp. There's there's full drum kit. Um, it was a really cool experience. You're going to want to watch these videos over at Relevant.TV. Trust me. Performing Joy Comes In, here's Sarah McIntosh.
the tears may flood our eyes. Joy comes in the morning, though we may feel we're on the run. Though life may deal a crashing blow, hold up for hope, hallelujah, hallelujah. Raise up your head. grows weak and sore joy comes in the morning though we may feel we're on the run though let me deal a crashing world hold up for hope hallelujah hallelujah raise up your head Sarah McIntosh, her full-length solo debut album called Current, releases March 6th. Check it out. And I want love to change my friends to enemies, change my friends to enemies, show me how it's all my fault. I won't let love disrupt, corrupt, or interrupt me. I won't let love disrupt, corrupt, or interrupt me. 
You're listening to Jack White. The song is Love Interruption. I hate those. <laughs> it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we asked you to come up with NBA player introductions for Will Ferrell to read. Uh, if you listened, uh, you, we played a clip of Will Ferrell uh, giving the player introductions uh, at recent uh, New Orleans Hornets games, uh, in particular, the, announce, uh, the ones he did for the opposing Chicago Bulls were hilarious. We got us thinking, you all should write player intros, and we will submit them to Will uh, via, <laughs> via Twitter. And uh, anyway, so you went over to relevantmagazine.com and uh, clicked on last week's podcast episode page. Here's a few of our favorites. Well, Jay Gray has my favorite, who says... You have to read it like Will Ferrell. At Ford, he has 12 cats and seven of them... (laughs) I really messed that up. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I could never do it. To be fair, you've been drinking heavily for the last hour. Uh, All morning, yes. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I was sort of at the pre-party for the Oscars.biz and things got out of hand. That was a brunch, a lot of mimosas. Um, Billy the Exterminator spiked the punch, so we, we, he's no longer invited. Um, With rattlesnake toxin. <laughs> yeah. I, I have some weird mountain elixir. Uh, from the, the cast of Moonshiners showed up. Uh, noticed that they were not nominated. Spiked it with their, their homebrewed moonshine. Okay, at Ford, he has 12 cats, and seven of them are pregnant. Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Jay Perk had a good one too. Um, he had, uh, I like his Dirk Nowitzki one, uh, which is at forward, listens to Rammstein before every game, Dirk Nowitzki. Because he's German. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, I just see what he did there. Yeah. <laughs> I just, Jay Perk also had, he had, unfortunately, he had, he, Ron Artest is, 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 is now Meta World Peace. Right. So I'll call him by Meta World Peace. <laughs> At guard, his last record sold negative copies. <laughs> That's right, I said negative. Meta world peace. At forward, his grandmother was an Olympic wrestling coach. <laughs> LeBron, sell out James. Oh, oh nice. A burn. Yeah, a little burn in there. Always. His favorite <laughs> restaurant is the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> White House. Um, that's that's jay gray again well done well to be completely honest there weren't a whole lot to choose from apparently where we are uh our listenership is not as into basketball as as i would hope they would be (laughs) but um yeah the ones over there are funny if you want to read them and chime in uh click over to last week's podcast episode page well uh normally right here is where we ask you uh this week's uh, question of the week but this is such a special occasion. We don't want to distract from the Oscars.biz voting. So instead of doing feedback this week, head over to Oscars.biz and vote for this week's or this year's winners. That's, that's what we'll do next week for feedback. Cool. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Many thanks to Sarah McIntosh. Check out her new music at sarahmackintosh.com. Her new single is out now. You can get it on iTunes. And her new album hits stores the first week in March. Um, if you want to see a video of these performances, you can do so starting Monday at Relevant.TV. Um, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Do you really want to know the secrets of the sea? I ask myself that question every day, and every day I come to the same answer. No way, Jose.